We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, another first place team on the schedule to face the Milwaukee Brewers, and another sweep is in the books. This one was of the two-game variety, but we are still in celebration mode as the Brewers have made it five consecutive victories. We come to you directly after their victory in the series finale against the Minnesota Twins, a walk-off win in the 10th inning. Exhilarating, stressful, and all in all, hot and humid, Adam. But before we get into all of that, how you doing? I'm doing well. 70 wins in the books for the Brewers. Five straight. You know, all things considered, have to be very, very happy. Um even, you know, with the possibility of could the Cubs gain ground in this series and we're getting into all the ins and outs of that. You know, the best way for the Brewers to hold the Cubs off, the Reds off, is just go win your games. And it wasn't always necessarily straightforward, but that's what they did. And personally, I enjoyed a whole lot more when the Brewers are good. And right now, they have the look of a team that's good. And part of that is just... They're finding ways to win. They're battling through adversity winning games. And it just never really feels like they're out of it. 
we had a conversation earlier about you know is this is this this game gone is it really and i just i'm not at that place right now with the brewers i feel like yeah they can come up with two or three runs when needed and that's that's nice uh it's not somewhere we've been all season but certainly over kind of the last couple of weeks with the exception of the dodger series that's been true of the brewers and the last week or so it's been some of those things that we've been looking at as reasons for optimism for the rest of the season. Okay. You make two uh, trade deadline acquisitions for your lineup and they're not flashy and they're not exciting, but Mark Canna and Carlos Santana have been coming through uh, at a degree higher than the production. The Brewers were typically getting from their spots in the lineup. And like that makes you a better baseball team. Willie Adamas finally figuring some things out, looking comfortable at the plate, hitting homers and getting big hits. Those are the uh, the things that take this team from the place where they were most of the season, which is they were the consistent middle ground team. The Reds have their run. The Pirates have their run. Here come the Cubs. The Brewers are hanging there consistently in the middle. And now they have the ability to level up just a little bit. Um, so in a series where the starting pitching wasn't even like the knockdown, drag out, elite thing that kept them in the games, the offense here and there did enough to overcome kind of adversity there deficits and eventually uh you know the thing that is unquantifiable and like really unsustainable and and that's the, like getting the big hit in the clutch the, the key to that is having good players and those good players get enough of those opportunities that they eventually cash them in they're doing that right now and it's incredibly fun to watch uh late in the season adam we always talk about um the standings at the uh, end of the podcast. And now when we get to August, September, we talk about it at the beginning and at the end. So I'll look to that right now. Um, just before we get into everything that happened across these two games, like you said, 70 and 57, three and a half game lead over the Chicago Cubs who took two out of three from the Detroit Tigers. The Reds are in the middle of playing a doubleheader against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Is that no? That's not their name anymore. They're just. They're just the, the it should Angels. be. It uh, should be, but they just decided to, you know, drop that and see if nobody knows. I'm looking at the score bug, and I say, "See L A A." For some yeah. reason, uh, yeah, my eyes added another A, like triple A. Um, they're winning that game four three in the seventh. They got another game tonight, so we won't know where the Reds fall into this mix until after that. But, um, yeah, this was a stretch in the schedule where I think we had some reasonable fear that the Brewers could give some games back to the Reds and the Cubs, or especially the Cubs with how hot they were playing. But they haven't done that to this point. Uh, and obviously we have that big series coming up against the Cubs next week, which is really important. Um, shout out to my Tigers, the Tuesday Tigers, just going out there and getting the job done. They were in every game too, I think. So, like, this, this could have been a series the Cubs lost, and I did not see that coming. I was very pessimistic about this week of Cubs baseball going into the series um, against the Brewers because they, they've got the the Pirates after this, but the the Tigers are kind of fun and feisty, and uh, yeah, they're they're a team that can uh, potentially play spoiler if you've got them on the schedule, and Terry Carpenter decides to just absolutely go off if Spencer Torkelson keeps rounding into form, so uh, big shout out to them for, for doing us a favor there and making sure the Cubs did not gain any ground. Um, where do we want to start with news and notes? Do you have any th thoughts on the division opponents and how that's shaking out, or should we kind of 
move the ball further down the field to mix in a football um, reference. Shout out Talk of the Tundra, gsbn.info. No, I don't think I have too much for the, um, the division rivals. I mean, I don't think a whole lot's changing with either of them. They kind of are who we think they are. Cubs cooled off a little bit and look a little bit more vulnerable. And hopefully if that continues and they start playing some better teams again soon, um, that could really pay off in a big way. We still have to wait a little while for that because they've got four coming against the Pirates and then it will be the Brewers and the Reds over their next seven games. So I don't mind the Cubs being a little bit wobbly, maybe drop one or dare even say two to the Pirates and come in and, you know, do plenty of losing against the Brewers and the Reds. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I even go beyond Brewers, Reds, Brewers, Reds, Giants, Diamondbacks, Andrew, my snakes have heated up. Um, Cubs have seven more games against the Diamondbacks too, and they're in a spot where they're they need to win. They need to push hard for for the wild card spot, and even then for the Cubs. I mean, we've talked a lot about that final series of the season against the Brewers, their penultimate series of the season. Do you know what that is? St. Louis Cardinals. No, it's three in the road in oh, Atlanta. The- Oh, I thought you meant for the Brewers. My mistake. My head. No, no. In and sorry. Out. sorry for, that. For, the, for the Cubs. Um, so we've been talking a lot, I think, about the easy Cubs schedule. There's trickier patches coming up. And it would be nice for them to just be a little bit off it. And maybe this thing could be blown right open. I'd be worried Atlanta might already be in load management by that point. But maybe the Dodgers giving them a run for that one seed will be what keeps them playing to the last few days of the season. An ultimate series is okay. <laughs> you wouldn't want those two swapped around where you come out of, you know, Brewers, Cubs, and it's all still to play for, and they're going to play the Braves in the, the final series of the season. So penultimate, I mean, even if it's that, you know, the Braves want to go and get a win or two, I think that, that will work. Um, But yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. But those two teams are kind of who I feel they are, and I think just the best... The best thing the Brewers can do, and it's kind of what you're doing at the moment, hey, just keep winning and it will take care of itself. Like, uh, I, I don't think either the Cubs or the Reds are good enough that if the Brewers can continue playing at a level like they have been over the past couple of weeks, that they'll be able to keep up. I think the Brewers will be able to extend this lead further pretty quickly if they keep playing as well as they have been. So we'll see. Doesn't take long. We know it can all turn in its head very quickly particularly with a Brewers Cup series coming up. But I feel good about that. As for news and notes, um, maybe we start with Pete Alonso. Yes, let's. Uh, do you want me to dive into it? Or, or sure. you have that queued up? I'm, if I can you've go, got it go there, I, I can get it if you don't. Okay, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Ken Rosenthal. Sorry, my headphones are going crazy today. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Ken Rosenthal uh, made a mention that uh, the Brewers were in on Pete Alonzo during the trade deadline. He did say opinions differ on how close a deal was to fruition. Um, some other bits of information that were in that piece is that um, Jackson Cheerio was obviously off the table, but guys from that Freelick, uh, Caro, Mizorowski mix may have been, and Tyler Black, uh, may have been names that the the Mets might be interested in. That seemed to be more of Rosenthal's speculation than anything else about the, anything more than like uh, 
actual conversation. So that's what kind of a, a little sprinkling of opinion probably there from Rosenthal. But I'll turn it over to you. Obviously, this deal did not happen. Um, Alonzo, a guy that will probably get moved in the offseason, got one more year before he becomes a free agent, obviously would have really elevated the uh, Brewers' production at first base. Um, deal didn't happen for obvious reasons. The Brewers are probably not going to move significant prospect capital for a guy that was only going to play for this stretch run and then next year. But uh, it, interesting to say the least that they were in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I'm ultimately happy with the end result, which is for that short-term rental, I think for where the Brewers are at, um, I prefer how things have turned out with Santana and Canna um, pairing as opposed to giving up a top five prospect for a few months of Pete Alonso. Uh, what I think is most interesting here, though, is just that that's what they were looking at, that this is where Matt Arnold is prepared to go sniffing around. I went in a big move, and I think that was a lot of what Rosenthal kind of stressed, too, of how unlike the Brewers this generally has been and how it would have been the kind of move that would have made a lot of noise, a lot of noise with the fan base, really got people excited. Uh, I find that very interesting. Maybe that trickles up a little bit too. <laughs> we'll see. I need to actually see a deal happen to be convinced in that there might be some room with ownership to uh, to just start thinking a little bolder and bigger at times. But at least when it comes to Matt Arnold, we've seen him be really aggressive. We've seen him kind of stick to tried and tested Brewers philosophies but bring in something of his own that I don't think it's unfair to uh, characterize as a little bit more old school baseball lifer. And honestly, there might just be a balance there that ultimately ends up kind of winning out for the Brewers that gives them a little bit more when it comes to need. And yeah, I mean, definitely something that raised my eyebrow. Would it be nice to have Pete Alonso? Sure. Um, with it likely being a very, very short-term rental, though, I I think they managed to get good business and are getting good production out of out of two guys that kind of came about from this. I do I by the reporting. I mean, you did mention the denial. It seems just like that. That's all on the Mets end, which is kind of what happens when a trade doesn't happen and the guy's still in your roster. It's like no, no, no. It was never really that close. Um, but it it is even logical. I think the way Rosenthal framed it is that the Brewers had discussions both before and after acquiring Santana. And I think a logical conclusion from there would be that when that ultimately didn't materialize, those talks likely moved on to Marcana. And that's how that came about too. Um, so all of that, the fact that they both, they did a deal for, you know, a guy who could play some first base, uh, a guy who could DH like with the Mets, <laughs> I, I do believe it, and I don't really put a whole lot of stock in the Mets being like, oh, we weren't that close. Um, it's interesting. It's it's most interesting, really, in just trying to project ahead and be like, should we be expecting or at least be prepared for the Brewers to do more and do bigger things than we've perhaps been accustomed to? It's going to make for some very interesting off-season conversation because obviously we're expecting to talk about Corbin Burns being traded from the Milwaukee Brewers. 
And I, I would still expect that to happen. But is there going to be, along with that, a flurry of trade activity elsewhere on the team to try and make the team better? So they, they you talk about during the middle of the season, like what they tried to do last year, which is the sell and buy deadline. This might be the sell and buy offseason. Uh, something that we could very well see where they have a revamp for the future with whatever they get for Corbin Burns. And then also, like you said, if Matt Arnold can be aggressive on the market again and uncover something like similar, uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll let him get away with it again, but (laughs) something like picking up William Contreras, obviously would probably give up more this time than what they had to do last time. I don't know. It seems like I give up less. Um, Hey, steals bases. Don't look at the negative uh, baseball reference war. Don't look at it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Trader Matt, that could be the, the nickname in the offseason, just wheeling and dealing. Um, no real other news and notes to speak of. South Felix missed a few games with uh, some hamstring issues, but it sounds like he's on the road to being back in the lineup. Um at some point soon, I think Rich Hill is the probable starter against the Brewers on Friday, so maybe if they want to give him one more off day against the lefty, they might, but also they've been letting him get some at-bats against lefty, so maybe it's just a matter of as soon as he is full go, he's back in the lineup because he has been you know, a key factor in uh, this offense performing a little better of late. Um, so hopefully we see Sal very soon. Um, do you want to talk about the Twin Series, Adam, or is there anything else you've got uh, before we dive into that, um, no, I think let's let's talk with the twin series. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. 
Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Let's do it. All right. The Milwaukee Brewers return home after sweeping the Texas Rangers to face off against the Minnesota Twins. Wade Miley on the mound against Bailey Ober. Uh, Brewers score first in the first inning with William Contreras on base, which was a frequent uh, sight in this game. Uh, Willie Adamas homer to left center field to make it 2-0. Uh, in the second, uh, almost immediately after that, um, Christian Vasquez homers with Kyle Farmer on base to make it 2-2. Two two. In the fourth, Kyle Farmer single score, Jordan Luplo to make it 3-2. Wade Miley goes five innings pitch, five hits. Three runs, they were all earned, a walk and four strikeouts, just 89 pitches for Miley. Ultimately, did his job, and you know we've seen the high, high end of Miley be more than we could have expected going into the season, but this is kind of like the baseline, okay, you did, did your job version of Wade Miley. And despite him relinquishing that early lead, he kept the Brewers in the game and gave them a chance to win. In the sixth, they would take their chances uh, in an inning that I believed featured six singles does that sound uh right adam uh yeah. the first run score scoring single uh was provided by mark canna uh an error on the play scores Contreras, making it 3-3 the throwing error by the right fielder walner would put uh Contreras scoring mark canna on second and carlos santana on third tyrone taylor singles to score carlos santana to make it 4-3 bryce terang singles off the glove of the drawn in shortstop to make it 5-3 and then again with that infield and Brian Anderson uh, pounds a ball into the ground and singles up the middle to make it seven, three, just the, the merry-go-round just kept, kept going around Adam. It was station to station baseball. And then uh, you also get another station when a throw a fielder decided to make an error. Um, but yeah, the Brewers just put the game not really out of reach from there, but uh, enough to where they felt comfortable. Bryce Wilson provides two scoreless innings with three strikeouts. He looked great. A guy who has had to um, throw a lot of innings for this team. And I saw that, uh, I can't remember the exact total, but uh, getting close to the point where he'll pass um, the most innings thrown by a reliever uh, since Junior Guerra a few years back. So uh, Bryce is just like the (laughs) the bulk bullpen guy. And after some... Flips on the radar here or there. Settles back in with a good outing there. Hobie Milner is a scoreless inning. Trevor, Trevor McGill a scoreless inning. A guy that you had mentioned as someone that, you know, we could see being asked to step up in certain situations because of just the powerful stuff. I mean, him and Abner throwing 100 miles per hour is uh, is uh, rocketing the Brewers up. Uh, or they're, they're rocketing themselves up the stat cast rankings of Brewers that have thrown 100 miles per hour or more. So I've got uh, the stat on there. that. By the way, which is yeah. Kurt Hogan, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I believe it was prior to this season. Brewers had only thrown above 100 miles per hour 14 times in the Stockcast era. And between Abner Uribe and Trevor McGill, they have done it 90 times this season alone. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, as we mentioned, any time um, the Brewers picked up a reliever during the offseason or something like that. Matt Arnold likes gas. Uh, but yeah, just a, a pretty comfortable win where the Brewers uh, showed some adversity and stick to if that's a, 
a phrase that's apt for this game. And then in that sixth inning, just get enough to get the lead. Bullpen does the rest and uh, easy breezy game one coming off the sweep. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that sixth inning is the kind of thing that for a long time this Brewers team couldn't come up with. And I think it's the kind of thing that has been helped by the trade deadline acquisitions. Marcana is the kind of player who will come up with a single and just kind of help you keep things ticking over, ticking over. And on days where things are going well and they're more often than not at the moment, I think certainly the top half of the order and even beyond that give you a really good chance at any point of just, you know, getting hot and making singles and making doubles pay. And um, which for a team that over the past, you know, season and a half, we've seen leave runners stranded in scoring position so often, it's a big deal. And it's a real difference maker. It's the kind of thing that allows you then to roll off five straight wins against really good teams. I mean, that's something we probably shouldn't overlook here. The twins are good. The Rangers are really good, even if they're going through something of a downturn. Uh, not a great time themselves at the moment. Like these aren't joke teams that the Brewers are just roll off five straight wins against. And uh, I think the ability to just go up and have an inning like that and turn a game on its head is exactly what we wanted from the Brewers for so long and that they weren't able to deliver. And they're getting much, much better at that. Um, I mean, we could share them out in the next game too, but I do think we need to just take a moment to separately talk a little bit about Tyron Taylor, who's on an absolute heater. And I think we will both hold our hands up and really being like, yeah, we thought Tyron was just done with this team and it was really time to move past it. And it felt like the Brewers felt that way too. Good for him though. He's really, really found something. Um, His bat is hot. It's always been the case that when he gets it going, he can showcase some of that power. The home runs will come. But I feel like there's a little bit more to it than that at the moment. He's just very consistently getting on base. He's seen the ball really, really well. And it's been a really, really important thing for the Brewers. With Joey Weimer having struggled for quite a while, like these two games, they're close games. Like the 7 3 was closer than it may seem. You know, all he needs an out at the wrong time in the sixth, and all of a sudden things turn upside down. But with Weimer struggling and with Self Relic picking up a minor hamstring injury at this time, without Tyron Taylor, hitting really well and coming into the lineup in that spot could have caused some problems and it could have cost you a game or two at a point where you really don't want to drop any that you can possibly win. So I think it, it really showed up in this series, but it's honestly, it's we've been seeing it since he came back up and started to factor in July. He's hitting really, really well and the Brewers are reaping the rewards. Yeah. Going into today's game and, um, I don't have the updated stats after the game, but he's got a 400 on base percentage in July or in August, excuse me. So like what you're saying is completely true. Uh, I mean, he had a walk uh, in Tuesday's game. He had a walk on Sunday's uh, afternoon game against the Rangers. So uh, him drawing walks and, you know, not having devastating strikeouts is something that we've, we've looked for him to, to kind of change his strikeout rate is down to 19.9% after being 25.2% last year. Um, so that, that 19.9% is even lower than his 2021 year um, where he was an above 
uh, league average hitter. He was above league average hitter last year as well, um, but just the the strikeouts, like we said, were a problem. Um, so yeah, I I agree completely. A guy that we have wrote off a few times, and he just he just keeps coming back for more. And especially like you said, during a time where you need him, he is performing. I bet Andrew will probably end up writing him off again at some point. Like, I I think there will probably be a downswing to this, but it is real testament to him that he does keep bouncing back. And in a way that does continue to give the organization belief and confidence in him, like, there is something about, I guess, where hopes were pinned on them that's somewhat similar, although it was much higher for one than the other. But there is something with Tyron Taylor that does remind me of where we get to with Keston he just manages to rein it in just enough to not be cast in this situation. And it keeps getting him extra chances with the organization. And when he's getting them, he's taking them. Like whenever it feels like he should be right at the end of kind of on his last life on the Brewers, that's when he's able to deliver. And you got to really respect that. You got to tip your hat to him. And right now it's not just, Oh, it's not a great story. It's not a fun story. It's really, really important to the Brewers. Like, they've got a lot of good stuff happening in the order before that, but to be able to get down to kind of six, seven spots in the order and have someone who's hitting like Taylor is at the moment, big, big deal for his team. Yeah, a guy also that now he had one ball hit right at him over his head that he didn't look great on, but I think that was just the nature of the way the ball was flying today and especially the uh, sun in the outfield, um, as you noted a few times, but you can throw him in all three outfield positions and feel comfortable with him making enough plays to work to be a net positive for you. Uh, there was one more play. I think it was in the bottom of the eighth inning or the top of the eighth inning, excuse me, that you and I liked uh, mm-hmm. to end the inning. Um, uh, Carlos Correa grounds a ball to Willie Adamas, makes a nice play on it, flips it a little behind Bryce Terang, and he makes a, a fa- I was trying to do the motion and I realized my mouth's going to get far away from the mic, so I can't do that. I don't know why I'm acting it out in front you'd of also, you. Also, you'd saw fall it, off you know, your fall- chair. I mean, if you were to try the motion, <laughs> he falls backward, holds the bag, catches the ball with his bare hand, looks up uh, to Willie. He's almost like, "Come on, man!" Like, <laughs> get, get, throws got to be better than that. Uh, but all in good fun. Um, so just a, you know, a small little moment in a baseball game that I particularly enjoyed. If the ball finds Bryce Terang, good things generally happen for the Brewers' defense. That's it. Just about found him there. It was definitely on the casual side from Willie. But if you're gonna if you're gonna throw one a little loose like that, throw is generous. It's just kind of a very gentle toss that was a little wide of the mark. There's no one who's got a better chance of rescuing it than Bryce Terang. There we go, Adam. Moving on to the final game of the series that was mere hours ago, an afternoon. Finale at American Family Field, and it it was hot. We weren't in the ballpark, but from all indications, it was a hot day at the ballpark. I think what what was the highest it got? I thought I saw one hundred one. Uh, tweeted by Adam McAlvey. One hundred one feels like one sixteen was what it was being pinned as. Oh, that's that's tough. Um, so the, the ball's flying out all the way out of the ballpark pitchers are having trouble keeping their hands like dry enough to get a good grip on a baseball. Uh, you, you know, you got to worry about having a, an overheating episode, Adam. That's a thing that can happen that we've seen happen to Corbin Burns earlier in the For season. Sure. So 
the elements are are uh, are tough. And Adam, like, got to the umpires. Someone, uh, the umpire had to. Uh, so the home plate umpire had to disperse baseballs to his field umpires because due to some really good investigative eyeballing by uh, Jeff Levering and Rock. Uh, Rock. Um, oh, it was Jeff. Rock, it is- Rock, I will, Rock did not have a clue what was going on. And he was very impressed when, <laughs> when Jeff deduced that there was essentially, I don't know, can I put it in a more savory uh, way than there was, there was a ball bag malfunction. Yeah, his his ball bag was just was soaked with condensation, humidity, sweat, things of that nature. Uh, and it was a tough one. It was as Carlos Santana plays guitar while Rob Thomas sings. It's a hot one, and it was a hot <laughs> one. Uh, Adam, I live in a country, you know, we're so obsessed with air conditioning, and we're just coddled. Sure. And you come, you come from part of the world that, you know, is built for war and can handle these sorts of things. So I think you would have been fine in this environment. You could testify to this. I got sick immediately. Uh, the air conditioning was not good for me. I was like, what the hell is this? This air conditioning everywhere. Uh, I get, get my accessory on a day like today, Dan. I'm certainly glad I was not there. I just, I don't understand. The, the third base umpire was not really in the shade at all for most of the game. The roof... We should mention there was special dispensation given for the roof to be half closed to provide some shade for the fans um, sitting down along the first base line. I don't know how the third base umpire's pockets were like not equally very, very wet. But my actual thing on this that I thought was interesting so Devin had just endless, like, we'll we'll get to it more. He couldn't throw a fastball. He just, he just could not cope with how wet the ball was. And he gets out of a hell of a jam. And then all of a sudden the umpire's like, yeah, it's enough of these, these wet balls. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass them off to first base umpire, third base umpire. I was actually really surprised by that because I felt like, genuinely a competitive disadvantage for the Brewers. And everyone's just like, oh yeah, cool. It's like halfway through an inning, you know, to be like, yeah, you know, now we'll just make sure that the balls are dry. It's tough. Uh, um, If any grooming companies would like to sponsor us, <laughs> We'll insert that ad into that, this portion honestly, of the episode. I, I know they do advertise on the network, so there may have been, you know, you know, maybe this should be an ad spot. So I'm going to set this up right now. We'll hope it's lucky. We'll put an ad in right here, Andrew. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We hope that ad was uh, as brilliant as we think it is. Um, we didn't. I didn't see the beginning of this baseball game, Adam. I don't know if you saw it. Bally Sports has been having a real tough year, as we've discussed several times. Had some technical difficulties. Eventually got things ironed out. But uh, they were trying to save us um, from, I guess, a tough first inning that could have been worse. Um, where Corbin ultimately got out of trouble. Donovan Solano... Uh, follows an Edward Eduardo Julian single with a single of his own to put runners on the corners with no outs. Uh, Julian reaches third on a uh, error by Christian Yelich. Carlos Correa follows that with a sacrifice fly to center. Um, Royce Lewis pops out to uh, William Contreras, or actually it was Caratini day. Pops out to Victor Caratini. Max Kepler follows with a single to center um, that puts him and Solano on base with two outs. But Corbin's able to get out of that jam by striking out. Um, Jeffers, uh, Corbin did not have it today. He was another guy who I, I would assume was struggling with the elements, um, because it seemed like most pitchers had that degree of difficulty kind of honing in on their command, except one real notable one and one other one who was also very, very, very good. So two two pitchers seem to buckle down and, and really be able to get things going. But Kenta Maeda, the starting pitcher for the Twins, also seemed to be affected in the first. The Brewers um, answer right back. Andrew Monasterio at the plate with two outs and the bases loaded. Uh, he singles to score William Contreras and Christian Yelich. Monasterio was thrown out at second um, to end the inning on that play. In the third, Corbin Burns' uh, misfortunes continue um, with uh, Carlos Correa on base, Royce Lewis homers to left center to make it three to two. That was with two outs. Um, William Contreras immediately ties the game in the bottom half of the inning with a homer of his own, makes it three three. In the fourth, again I think with two outs, uh, Michael A. Taylor comes to the plate with a runner on base and homers to make it five three Twins. In the sixth, Kyle Farmer a solo homer uh, makes it six three Twins. So Corbin Burns manages to get through six innings, but Really did not have it fighting the elements. Eight hits, six runs, they were all earned. A walk, five strikeouts, and the three homers. And I think all three of them came with two outs, if I'm remembering that correctly. So, um, yeah, the kind of outing you want to forget. Um, Brewers are down 6-3 when he leaves the game. I don't know if you had any thoughts on Burns. I mean, I was kind of just stating the obvious that um, whatever <laughs> everyone was having to deal with in that building, it definitely affected Corbin Burns. We know Corbin does not pitch well in the heat. Um, although, actually, I say that last time he pitched very well. He just had one scary moment. So that's probably not entirely accurate. Um, it definitely it gets to him. He thinks about it. Like, there's 
there's an added something there. We know he can get agitated. Um, he was he was pissed at himself coming out of the third when he gave up the first two runs. We've talked about this before too. I don't generally feel like when you see him get really annoyed at himself, like oh, good things are coming. You know, self talk is gonna help Corbin through this. It often feels to go the other way. It's one of those I think you just kind of excuse because just a weird day for pitchers all around. Um, yeah, six earned runs is not what you want or expect from him, but he gave us the Julio Tehran. He got six innings out of it, which really was important here, particularly when it ended up going to extras. And the Brewers had a chance to win. We may not have felt great about it at that time, but they still had a chance to win. And that's kind of all you could do on a day like today. But yeah, we've seen we've seen better stuff. I do like I don't know where exactly to go with it, but if you're we to talk about like Brewers pitchers with the best stuff, certainly two of the guys who are gonna be right near the top of the list, if not number one and number two, are Corbin Burns and Devin Williams. And they both struggled most of all today, which I thought was interesting. I can't really pinpoint anything with that because I mean, so get to Devin's case, the fastball was the problem for him. Well, you know, Abner Uribe didn't have a problem throwing record-breaking fastballs for the Brewers. Yeah, I would love to see just like a pitching lab segment, and they're not probably not going to give this information away. I don't know. They, they won't give they're, any information away. Not, not, not like proprietary stuff, but like... um. Like you'll often see on some puff piece for MOB Network, just the, a pitcher going through their pitch grips. Mm-hmm. And I would love to to see that with the Brewers, but also on the heels of a game like this, just out of my morbid curiosity, I'd be like, what conditions affect you more than others? And like when when you know the weather is going to be this or the wind's going to be this, like how does that impact each pitch in particular grip? Because those are the kind of things that are like just so you can't know for sure unless you do that activity or and are that player. So I'm I find things that I don't have knowledge of very interesting, which is I, human nature. I do think that there must also be just an element of that's personality type that comes into that. Uh, it's who is the kind of guy who will get easily bothered by something that's going to, you know, this isn't exactly how it always is. This isn't my routine. This isn't what I'm used to. Like, it's interesting that Abner Uribe and Yoel Piamps came up and they just pitched basically as normal. Like, you wouldn't have known anything different. And they are both, like, well, Abner gets very, very excited when he gets out. But generally, like, very even keel. Like, it, it doesn't seem like the whole lot kind of flusters them, where Corbin and Devin are both masters of the self-talk. And they will they will punish themselves for any mistake, anything going wrong. And it kind of feels like, okay... You don't quite have your grip, and all of a sudden, Caratini is having to like shoot up to stop a a high fastball from getting by him. It's like you start to get tougher on yourself, tougher on yourself, and it doesn't get any easier to execute. So it's one of those things where I've no doubt mechanics factor in, but I do also think there has to be an element of: Are you the kind of personality where you're just going to get up there and it's going to be like, whatever? I've got a job to do. I've pitched in all sorts of scenarios. Let's just go and do this. Or are you someone who might be a little bit more, oh, this doesn't feel exactly as it should, or it's not exactly how I'd want it to be. And I, I think 
particularly with those two guys, Corbin more so than anyone maybe on the Brewers staff, there's an element of the perfectionist to him that mm-hmm. th- this is a day where nothing is going to be perfect. And that's probably just like, it doesn't compute with Corbin Burns. And I think there are two things um, that I think it's all, I think it's more, I don't want to say helpful, but I think it's easier to channel that sort of mindset when you're in Devin's role rather than when you're in Corbin's role, because you can mm-hmm. say, I just got to get out of this inning. Like yeah. I'm going to make it work for this inning. Whereas Corbin's got to go to the next one and the next one. And this start was probably in particular, so frustrating for him because you can point to those, all those homers coming with two outs saying like, I was right there in that inning. I was right there in that inning. I was right there in that inning. And instead I just let it slip away. Um, but despite all that, the rest of this game would continue and the Brewers would find a way to claw themselves back into the game. Uh, and again, like in the earlier innings, it was almost immediately in the bottom of the six. Uh, Pagan comes on to pitch for Minnesota. So Maeda out after um, five innings and he closed strong, <laughs> went strikeout, strikeout, ground out to get out of the fifth before being removed. Um, he was another guy who was um, fighting it. He threw 92 pitches, um, but with Pagan on the mound, a Carlos Santana single opens the sixth, and then Willie Adamas, there goes that man again with a homer to make it 6-5. Uh, Admiral Rebe, like we said, comes on um, in relief of Corbin Burns in the seventh uh, with the Brewers down 6-5. to five. Uh, Michael A. Taylor attempts to bunt to reach base, and Andre Monasterio makes a great play to get him out. Julian and then Solano strikeout looking and swinging respectively another clean inning for Admiral Rebe with two strikeouts just 10 pitches eight strikes a one two a 1.02 ERA uh we we do this every podcast that he comes in and does a great job but I mean in the conditions now as well Admiral just uh you know getting out of the inning with ease I mean and even with the cowardly bunt attempt as well Adam uh like I mean, look, no, it's okay. We we talked bunting. You got me to come around on bunting somewhat um, in the last episode. The Twins do not know how to bunt. They bunt in all the spots where you shouldn't bunt. Um, it was later in the game, right? But that Michael A. Taylor had the two bunt attempts that were just unforgivable. And I said at the time in this card, it's like they deserve to lose for that. So they really they could have put the game away there too. And he had two of the absolute worst bunt attempts both call for strikes and if not for that they could have put the brewers away at that point you know <laughs> they weren't even good if you had a good bunt fine these are just terrible um so much so much cowardly stuff but yeah that was a first pitch whoever it was who just look I don't blame them if it was me I'd do the same but it's not me these are these are professional baseball players at the highest level. Yeah, I'm not going to one hundred three. The the hardest that anyone has ever thrown in Brewers history. Official new high mark set today. But you got to stand up there and try to hit it. You can't just give up. I'm glad they gave up. It was Mike- but It was embarrassing. It was Michael A. Taylor both times, Adam. Wasn't Michael A. Taylor the other time too? Yeah, and he homered earlier in the game. What a homer in the game. God, just uh, t- like disgraceful. He should be embarrassed. 
Go back to Minnesota with your tail between your legs. Ah, you love to see it. Anyway, a scoreless top of the seventh from Abner Uribe. Um, Tyrone Taylor doesn't bunt. Homer's a left center field. Homer's a left center field. Megs that six to six in the seventh. Uh, would it happen, Adam? Would we? Would we get to extra innings? Would we see the zombie runner? Yes, but not before. Um, it got a little scary. Uh, Yoel Piams provides a clean uh, eighth inning, allows a hit, and then gets a strikeout, 15 pitches overall, no damage. Another uh, good outing from Piams. But then we mentioned that uh, ninth inning, or top of the ninth inning, uh, where Devin Williams struggling with the the fastball command, um, walks Jorge Polanco, uh, hits Walner with a pitch, and then he would strike out Michael A. Taylor, get a fly out from Julian, and then strike out Donovan Solano. So fights back uh, with a, a variety of change-ups. Um, ends up getting Solano to strike out, swinging on a change-up out of the zone. Uh, Natty Sports on Twitter said, you just got to not swing, dude. Uh, I could have, I would have loved to see his reaction to, to this ninth inning. Shout out to the Twitter streets. Um, and He's too where, busy trying where, to hold uh, on to third place in the division for any of that. That's a really good point. Let's check up on that. Uh, looks like 8-4 uh, Reds right now against the Angels. The Angels are just a really, really sad thing that exists. Uh, Shohei sure. Otani ex- exited today's game with arm fatigue in the second inning. Oh, no. It's oh. Uh, a tough scene. Mike Trout had literally just got back. Um, then in the 10th inning, top of the 10th inning, after the Brewers go down, uh, scoreless in the ninth, they did have an opportunity there. Um Christian Yelich walked with one out, still second. Then William Contreras grounded out. Carlos Santana struck out to send things to the 10th inning. Elvis Peguero comes on to pitch. Uh, first batter of the inning, it does not go well. He walks Carlos Correa, but then he bounces back to get Royce Lewis to ground into a double play. Adamas to Terang to Santana. He walks Max Kepler. And then Ryan Jeffers, a, a swinging uh, chopper down the third baseline. Peguero running to the ball, uh, trying to make what would have been a tough play. Uh, probably going to put it in his pocket even if he gets to it in time. Instead, he bobbles it. But what has happened while all that is happen- uh, happening, Adam? Jeffers has fallen down when running towards first base. Peguero gets it after the bobble, finally notices that, and then throws just a little too late. Jeffers kind of like clutching the base as if it's his pillow and he doesn't want to go to school in the morning after his mom has woken him up. But nevertheless, that allows Joey Gallo to score to make it 7-6 Twins. Uh, where were you at at that point, Adam? Just a bit of bad misfortune to put the Twins ahead. Uh, I, I zoned out there for a while because I'm battling a dragonfly that's just taken to the landing on my neck. Um, where was I at? At, at extras? Is that where we were? Apologies, I just uh, no, it's I just not your outlined, fault. I just outlined the A to Z moment from Ryan Jeffers hitting a swinging bunt ground ball to him clutching first base safely after having fallen, holding it like a pillow. Uh, that was that was tough, sleeping Andrew. in. Um, <laughs> if not for a bubble, Elvis gets him out, and I mean, probably still could have got him out if not for the fact that he wasn't expecting him to fall flat in his face. Um, but yeah, it's just at that point you're starting to think, okay, is this just 
is this just a freak occurrence that's going to mean the Brewers don't win today? Well, it didn't quite turn out to be that way. The Brewers got their own, not entirely dissimilar, uh, piece of good luck very shortly after. It doesn't have to be like this. Killer whales is what the uh, oh, yeah. Milwaukee Brewers would say the next inning. That's a car seat headrest. I was about to say, for, for almost everyone who probably doesn't get that, um, shout out to any of you who do get the car seat headrest reference. Uh, Willie Adama steps to the plate. Yohan Duran still on the mound, pitching his second inning of relief after he pitched that scoreless ninth. Uh, Carlos Santana is the zombie runner. Uh, and Willie Adamas at the plate. Adamas singles up the middle, closer to the shortstop side. Uh, the center fielder, Michael A. Taylor again, bobbles the ball, lets it go by him. Uh, Santana scores. Adamas ends up on second base. Brewers tie the game at 7 all. Joey Weimer grounds out to the shortstop. Andrew Monasterio flies out to right. Adamas tags up and heads to third, and which would prove to be crucial. Um, Bryce Terang at the plate has a great at bat after going down 0-2. Chops the opposite field ground ball to the third baseman. Reaches safely. The infield single walks off the game. Willie Adamas scores. The Brewers win 8-7. Uh, Bryce Terang shows us that speed still kills. Brewers walk it off. He gets the Gatorade bath, which at this point is just like mana from heaven, I imagine. Just anything cool uh, being like dumped on top of you at that point has got to be a great relief. Uh, per J.R. Radcliffe of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the Brewers have had seven walk-offs this year. Six have been authored by rookies. Five different rookies have participated. Mitchell, Weimer, Perkins, Monasterio, Terang. Um, which game is the South Relic walk-off coming uh, against San Diego because it's going to happen. Let's keep it rolling. The Sal is the only rookie who hasn't had one, right? Well, I guess Toro's a rookie, is he? Uh, I don't think he has rookie eligibility. Let me check that. You keep talking. <laughs> I've, uh, it, might just, it might just be Sal. If that's the case, what an incredible run it's been, as we know, for the Brewers rookies. And it does feel like it's just a matter of time before Sal gets his. But yeah, it's wild. You're probably yeah, Torres right. Got, Torres got a uh, 271 career games in the big league level. Oh, then we're way, we're way past it, Andrew. So yeah, it is. Just... We 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 just think of him like that because he's new to us and he's been up and down a few times. So, um, yeah, Brewers take care of business in a game where things did not go their way often, and uh, my dog is barking relentlessly, and I don't know why. He's just celebrating. It's just, you know, everyone's everyone's a little bit a little bit raucous, a little bit rowdy, dare I say. Um, he's about the size of a dragonfly, so it makes sense that we're dealing with like <laughs> similar adversity. Yeah, that makes sense. Um I'm very happy, Andrew, that the Brewers are good. I like when they're good. It's fun to watch them. I don't mean to make this sound really, really stupid and simplified. But at this point in the season where all of these games really, really matter, the fact that the team just looks like they have it together, that even under some really tough conditions, they're finding ways to pull it out. I think that's a big deal. And it's a good mark of who this team is and where they're at um, as we look to 
you know, close out the season strong and get to the postseason and win a series. And then if you do all of that, then it could be who knows what happens. Um, but yeah, right now, Brewers look to be, I mean, I'd kind of expect them to be the third best team in the National League at this point. But as I'm, the regular season is wrapped up. That's not nothing. Yeah. You, we see what happens from there. And I'm under no illusions as to where the Brewers are deficient and where teams with worse records um, will have basically more star power and more oomph when it comes to the postseason. But it's not nothing. And if the Brewers can keep that up, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Shall we look to the leaderboard, Adam? Let's, let's do it. Through 127 games, um, really, really stacking them up now. Uh, Willie Adamas gets two, two homers, the big hit in extra innings. Also was the uh, first part of turning that double play in the uh, top of the 10th inning. So great contributions contributions from Willie uh, in back-to-back series. And you know, like we said, we'll take and celebrate everything we can get from a guy who was really trying to figure it out. William Contreras gets two. On base all the time, all the walks, Homer, like just outstanding series from Contreras continues to just be a model of consistency behind the plate. Tyron Taylor gets a beer, big home run today. And just as we mentioned before, finding some form and making key contributions to the Brewers when they need them. Carlos Santana, um, Bryce Terang with the walk-off infield single, had another uh, swinging butt. earlier in the game where he reached for a hit. So uh, Bryce Terang loves showing off the speed when he can. I'm pretty sure he had a stolen base. Maybe I'm misremembering that. Or he attempted to steal a base, and then Victor Caratini fouled a ball off. That's what I think I'm remembering. Um, Bryce Wilson gets a beer. Devin Williams gets a beer. Bill Piamps. Admiral Rebe, Hobie Milner, and Trevor McGill. Leaderboard through 127 games. Devin Williams has 29. Kristen Yelich, William Contreras, and Yoel Piamps now in a tie for 24. Cor- Corbin Burns has 21. Willie Adamas and Hobie Milner have 18. Bryce Terang has 16. Joey Weimer and Elvis Baguero have 15. Brian Anderson has 14. Freddie Peralta and Bryce Wilson have 13. Owen Miller with 12. Peter Shreslecki and Victor Caratini with 11. Uh, Rowdy Telez and Andrew Monasterio with 10. Wade Miley, Sal Freelick with 9. Kulik Tehran, Colin Ray, Adrian Hauser, Tyron Taylor, Abner Rebay with 8. Garrett Mitchell, Blake Perkins, Trevor McGill with five. Jesse Winker, Brandon Woodruff, Carlos Santana with four. Jake Cousins, Eric Lauer with three. Gus Varlin, Javi Guerra, Ryan Altavia, Abraham Toro, and Mark Canna with two. Mike Brasso, Luke Voigt, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, J.B. Bukowskis, Jemiah Jones, and J.C. Mejia with one. That is the leaderboard. Off day tomorrow, they'll play baseball the rest of this weekend. Adam, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about it. I'm still I'm still battling when this thing lands on my chest. It's like it makes like a planting sound. Like it's it's unsettling. Yeah, it's small, it's not gonna do anything to me, but it makes a noise. So as I not know, I'm trying to do a podcast here. Uh we've talked about a lot about wildlife uh recently on this podcast. I was unfortunately afraid to uh Oh well let's not, 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 let's not, not a... go back there. I mean we don't need to go an update. No. Unfortunately, not afraid was the wrong word. I, I unfortunately had to kill a poisonous snake again. Uh, I, I got dogs. I care about their lives. So uh, it's just a thing that happens. Listeners, if you're 
wanting to form a support just, group. Just let's Let keep me. going. Let's talk about the week ahead. All right. Friday, August 25th, 710 Central Start. Brandon Woodruff. Uh, ESPN has the opponent blank. I'd seen on Twitter that Rich Hill will probably be the starter for the Padres. So in that series opener, Brewers Padres, potentially Brandon Woodruff against Rich Hill after the off day on Thursday. Saturday, August 26th, 610 Central Start. Freddie Peralta against Hugh Darvish. Sunday to wrap things up, 10 Central Start. Gotta say, Freddie Peralta, Hugh Darvish right now is a tasty one. Yeah, I mean, if I could teleport, I'd be there. Um, Sunday, wrapping things up, August 27th, 110 Central Start. Adrian Hauser against Michael Waka. Then it's three with the Cubs. The big series that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the road ahead could become more clear or more murky. We just don't know yet. I don't get a commission Anything for this, it... but just to big up Freddie Peralta, you Darvish even more. That's Rowdy Telez and his dogs bobblehead night. Like if you're not getting down to Anfam for Peralta Darvish and an amazing Rowdy Telez bobblehead, I I don't know what you want in life. Um. Yeah, you I mean, got a plane, about... Andrew. I, I mean, I I don't want to dare you, but you should get the plane. Uh, I'm I'm looking around this room and seeing what I can sell. Um, your soul. Yeah, there. Um, there are these like um episodes of like hoarders on A and E, where they like ask people like how it got to this point, and for me, it's going to be debt, and they're going to ask like what was the big purchase like that just ultimately led to your life in ruin? And I was like, I couldn't stop fall- flying to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was going to be the answer. And they're going to be like, I don't think we can use this. This is just, you know, this isn't as intense as it usually is. And on that note, that pretty much does it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. That's cruising for a bruising. You should also check out the rest of the Ursa podcast network, including the main feed that goes by that same name Hunt All Things Ball Books elsewhere on GSPM we've got Talk to Tundra for All Things Green Bay Packers we've got Make Time for this for movies pop culture and other things I think that pretty much does it for now until next time thanks again to all of you for listening thank you Andrew thank you Bryce Strang. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details